for choosing to listen to Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women. I'm your host, Katie Myers, and today we are launching this podcast. It's finally here. Today is the day, and we are talking with 13-time Ironman triathlete Jennifer Rulon. Jen is not just an impressive athlete. She is also a business owner, an author, a speaker, a coach, a wife, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend, and probably about a million other titles. She is the queen of taking a leap into the unknown. She has some great advice for setting goals if you are thinking about doing that as well. She is so amazing, but part of that ability to be amazing, comes from some experience with some pretty tough things. She has had to say goodbye to a career of 14 years. She has been through several miscarriages. She has lost several loved ones. She has had to overcome a search to find validation within herself over trying to find it from others. So we're going to get into some pretty heavy stuff here, but it is all really, really good stuff that I think you are going to enjoy. But before we get into it, there are a few housekeeping items that I wanted to mention. You're not just going to hear Jen and I on this podcast. You are also going to hear a third voice, and that is the voice of producer Rossi Ramirez. She is a coworker of mine. She's a friend of mine, and I asked her to come on board to help me out behind the scenes. She monitors the audio. She contributes to the conversation, and I am so happy to have her on board, but It is worth noting that although Rossi and I are television producers, neither of us are audio engineers. We do not know a lick about sound, but we are figuring it out. Um, I just wanted to tell you, let you know that recording in coffee shops is really hard. There's a lot of environmental variables that Rossi has to deal with when uh, recording sound, so we're figuring it out. I love the ambient noise. I love the people walking by. I love the clinking of the cups. I love the coffee being ground, but I want to make sure that it's what you want to. So take a listen to this podcast and make sure to let me know on social media or sending us an email if that's what you like as well. So without further ado, grab a cup of coffee and join me for Coffee with Katie and Jennifer Ruan. you're on the headsets you're speaking to everybody recording okay so jennifer rulon yes thanks for being here today thanks for having me so i'm gonna call you a professional triathlete oh you're very kind yes I don't know if that's like an actual thing, but... It is a thing, but I'm not a professional triathlete. To me, in my eyes, you're a professional Well, triathlete. thank you. So today you can be one. Okay, so I'll take it. So you competed in 13, 14, including... Nope, 13. Or 13 was Kona, mm-hmm. so... Yep. Um, and it's an Ironman triathlon. Correct. Tell everybody what consists, what is in a triathlon. Yep, it's a... A, a triathlon is a swim, bike, and run. Um, it can range from a sprint triathlon, which is a 500-meter swim, 10 to 12-mile bike, 2 to 3-mile run, and then it goes all the way up to an Ironman. An Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-marathon run. 112-mile bike. Correct. 
let's say that one more time, a 112-mile <laughs> bike. 112, yes. I think um, looking at you today, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, there's no doubt that you could do that. You're, like, super physically fit. You're, you know, all in it, but it didn't start out that No, way. not at all. So um, tell us how you decided to run a triathlon or compete in a triathlon. Yeah. So it was, uh, and I tell the story a lot, but yeah. it's a very, it's a very aha moment yeah. of my life. So it was in 1989. I was uh, watching the Ironman World Championship on uh, ABC Wide World of Sports, and I think if you remember back in the days, it was the um, uh, the the shoot. Oh my gosh, the, their tagline was uh, the fear of victory or the. Um, Oh my gosh. Anyways, I'll think about it. It will pop up. Okay. But it was the Ironman World Championship. It was Mark Allen and Dave Scott. It was in the 1989. And now they call it the Iron War because these guys were neck and neck on the run. These guys were running like a five, six minute pace for and those. And you can look this up like on yeah. YouTube. You can see it. They are like literally right next to each yep, other. Yep, the whole time. Um, and so these guys crossed the finish line at eight hours and six minutes. Mark Allen won that day. But then what happened was an hour later, the first female crossed, Paula Newby Frazier. And I just sat there, sat there looking at her. I was like, oh my gosh, if, if she can do this, like why can't I do this? And it was that whole mindset and that shift to myself, like, you know, I think what I liked about that sport, about triathlon, it was that it was, everybody was on equal playing field. Level playing field. Yeah. Man everybody, or woman, no man matter or, age, yep. this is it. This is it. And so that was the neat thing about Ironman was that I was like, all right. And I told my mom, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to do that Ironman. Yeah. And she goes, okay. But the funny thing is, I hated running. I swam. I would bike around town in my mountain bike, but that was it. So, yeah. yeah. And you said that you couldn't even run like a two-mile run at that point no. when you decided to do this. No, no. And, 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 I, and here's the thing: I was 17 when I made that choice. Right. So by the time I was 30, I, you know, I said to, you know, I just said, all right, I need to start trying this triathlon thing out, you know. Right. And my first triathlon was in 1992. And um, it was a sprint triathlon. It was a, I don't even remember the distance, but I think I did it under two hours. Yeah. And it's so funny because I went back home a couple weeks ago and I had my old calendar. Home is? Is Whitewater, Whitewater, Wisconsin. Whitewater, Wisconsin. Yep. Um, I went home and uh, my mom still had a calendar from 1992. And on there I put, I did it. I did my triathlon. My bike was terrible, but I said, I can do anything now. Like, that was the mindset. I might cry. I know. I can do anything. Okay, now. Yep. Tell me about that feeling when you crossed the finish line. Of the first triathlon? Yeah, the first yeah. The it was. It was. It was just, it, it was, and I didn't, it was that mindset, like, oh my gosh, I feel like a million bucks. Like, I thought, I can do this, I can, I can do a triathlon, I can swim, I can bike. Jeez, what else? I can run? Jeez, what else can I do in my life? What else can I do? Yeah. So, you finish your first triathlon. Where are you at in life personally? So you said it's 1992. Are you going to school at that point? Where are you? Uh, oh, jeez. Are you? Yeah. Uh, mm. 
was I at school? I think I was still finishing up school. I think I did the four and a half year college degree plan. Yeah. The extra, little, <laughs> the extra. little extra plan. Yeah. Um, no, no. And so um, at that point, I got a. Um, I received my degree at University of Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three School, um, and with biology degree, psychology minor. Um, and but I was never into sports. Like you know, and here's the thing: like I never felt like I was a very active person, right. but I played sports. I played softball. Um, I played basketball. I was a cheerleader. I played flag football with the guys. Athletic family. Athletic family. Yeah, my brother was like the quarterback of the football team. You know, the big star. I, yeah, the big star. <laughs> so here I was, the little sister. You yeah, know. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, shoot, if you know, you know, and he now he sees me and he's like, oh, you're crazy, you yeah. know. But I was like, but I had to keep up with you, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways. Um, yeah, I just uh, yeah, I think I was in college at that time and just said, all right, let's try to let's try to do this triathlon thing. And but but I didn't I didn't do an Ironman right at right the away. very right away. I couldn't. There was no way I was going to build myself myself up to it. I uh, the funny thing was is that going into like doing I never ran. I got I got out the Air Pegasus, Nike Air Pegasus, <laughs> and I thought, all right, I'm gonna run down a mile and run back. And I don't, I think I walked, I shuffled, I don't know what I did, but it was awful. Like it was terrible. To because I thought, well, hey, I, I think we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. I know. because <clears throat> I was very comfortable in the water. I swam. Um, and then I biked around town. Our town was so tiny. It was like, a, at that point, I think it was like maybe 10,000 people. So like running across town and back was like, um, actually from my mom's house across town was two and a half miles total. So small little, ta- small wow. little town. So I biked everywhere I went. Yeah. Um, so the swimming and biking was not a problem, but then the running, I was like, well, I better start running if I want to do this triathlon thing. And in 1992 was my first triathlon. So, yeah. yeah. And so you got your degree in biology, and is that what brought you to San Antonio? Yeah, yeah yes. Because you started working. I started working at SeaWorld. Yes. Yes. This is like, I just find yeah. this fascinating. So here's the thing, like, I don't know what it is about me or what, a, what it was that drove my brother and I. My brother and I are very dr- driven people. We are all about the hustle. I think mom, in, I think mom instilled us with that, yeah. which is wonderful. Shout um, out to mom. Shout yeah. out to mom. But... Um, um, in seventh grade, so here I was, um, you know, in '89. So I was a senior at that time, and I saw that Ironman World Championship. I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that race, right? But in seventh grade, I saw another. Um, I saw the. Um, Sean, it was Sean Weatherly. I think she was Miss America, Miss USA, okay. and she dove with sharks and swam with penguins in the Antarctic. And once again. It was a woman influencer going, well, if she can do that, I can do that. Yeah. So then my mindset was like, I want to swim with dolphins. I want to work with marine mammals. And of course, everybody in Whitewater, Wisconsin was like, well, you can't do that. There's no ocean up here. And I'm like, watch me. Yeah. Challenge <laughs> accepted. And done, yes. you know? So yeah, I think, so going, so the starting back, you know, I'm not going to go back with my whole life, but right, right, right. seventh grade. I'm like, I'm going to work with marine mammals. That's what I need to do. Yeah. And then, you know, I want to do an Ironman triathlon. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, so my whole life was revolved around trying to get in the marine mammal field. Right. So 
I did an internship at Minnesota Zoo, worked with dolphins, mm -hmm. and then I moved down to Gulfport, Mississippi. I was down there with dolphins and sea lions, and then in 97, I moved over to San Antonio, and I worked at SeaWorld over there. And um, I worked my way, and the cool thing with SeaWorld, it was a great job. I was there, um, I left in 09. Yeah. Um, it was a phenomenal job. Uh, I worked with beluga whales, dolphins, I worked with the California sea lions, walruses, and otters, and then the, my last three, four years was with the killer whales. So. And we're going to share some of those pictures. Yeah. We'll share some of those. And of course. You, you have them on your pages, too, because... I mean, it's like otherworldly, and you don't do this anymore. So do you I sometimes don't. look at, back at it, and are you like, "Wow, I can't believe I lived that life"? Like, uh, I don't know, or yeah, just super I, appreciative of it. What do you think? Super of? appreciative. Yeah, mm -hmm. because especially of everything that happened over the last couple of years right. with uh, with some of the negativity towards right. SeaWorld. Um, you know what? I mean, I went into that job every day knowing that I loved those animals. And that's the thing about the trainers. Those trainers now, and I, and I can guarantee from back when it all started to now, those trainers are in there because of the love of those animals. And if we could get bigger pools, we would in a heartbeat. We'd yeah. be like, yep, snap of the fingers, let's get the bigger pools. Of course we would. Right. Um, so I went in there every day knowing that I'm going to I'm going to try to provide the best that I can for these animals mm -hmm. with them being here and we oh my god we had so much fun we had a lot of fun um, it just it was a great career it was a phenomenal career yeah. but when it started getting to be a little bit stressful yeah is really when I was like you know I need to make a change mm -hmm. you kind of have yeah. that trigger that your job is no longer serving you, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was interesting because um, because I did work with killer whales. Um, it, it 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 was a stressful job, and we see that, and we you see that in the news, and it was a very stressful job. And right. I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to move on. Mm -hmm. um, and and I said to my husband, I said, I said, you know, I think it's time that I, I leave and he's like well what are you going to do and I'm like well I've been triathlon I, and at this, and then during SeaWorld I was doing races and triathlons and then I right that's a, important to know yeah. too yeah um during SeaWorld like SeaWorld was really good about allowing me to go out and and do my other hobby and my other love passion. my other passion mm -hmm. and was triathlon then I became a triathlon coach um, and got certified and I said to I said to Chris I said I want my husband I'm like I would love to go back to school get my master's in kinesiology and yeah. so I went back and uh, left SeaWorld and I'm like oh my god what am I doing I'm leaving a full-time job scary <laughs> scary with benefits yes. right taking, um, that leap. taking that leap and then going oh my god I'm I'm going back to school as a 40-year-old woman and uh, getting my master's, and I actually worked at Lululemon during that time. And yeah. Anyways, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm 46 years old, so there's been a lot of life lived. Yeah. <laughs> but what was it like taking that leap of faith? Yeah. That, you know, like, you don't have benefits, like you said. You're giving up mon an income. An income, You're yeah giving up something that you're still super passionate about, right. right? I mean, what would you, other people that might be thinking about doing that, what is kind of uh, your encouragement? Because that's the scariest thing. I agree, yeah. It is super scary. It's scary. Like, you read these articles of people, like, I left my job to do this, and you're mm -hmm. like, can I do that? Like, yeah. is it possible for me to do that? Like, what would you tell somebody, like, that's thinking about that? I mean, that? that's a good, that's a good life lesson, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I think... 
So I was just telling Rossi mm-hmm. when um, when we were getting ready. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the biggest thing that happened for me was to say, what do I want to accomplish my time at at SeaWorld? And when I accomplished it, I was like, okay, it's time to move on. Like, I've done everything I wanted to do at that job. It was time for me to move on and take that leap of faith. And thank God I have the amazing husband that I do. Yeah. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) We call him the silent partner of Rulon Racing. Yes. Yeah. The silent partner. Yes. Uh, Because there would be no Rulon Racing if there was no Chris, right? Yeah, there wouldn't. (laughs) Because I have a crazy maiden name. But but I think it was just that I was like, you know what? I, I want, it's, it's time to move on. And I think that's one of the life lessons that I could tell people, take the jump, take the leap of faith. And it's scary as all get out. Mm -hmm. It's gonna, you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, what am I thinking? What am I doing? But if you know in your heart of heart that you've done everything that you could do at that one position, at that one job, then it's okay to move on. Mm -hmm. It's okay to make that change. You know, I think there's so many people that are stuck in their job. Stuck. They're stuck. That word. And I see, but I saw that at SeaWorld Mm -hmm. because they didn't know where else to go. They didn't have anything else beyond Mm -hmm. what is, what was there, you know, and, um, and I just, you know, and you see, and sometimes you see the people and I'm not saying at SeaWorld, but, uh, you just see people miserable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do not want to be that. And it I, doesn't just affect your work. Like, you see it right. in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. You see it outside of work. Yep. When they're not happy in one place, it often transfers yeah. to another. I did. Um, I'm a huge goal setter. And uh, I actually... Go figure. Go figure, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and, I t- and I talk about... I don't know if it's in my life. I do. I think I talk about the the Rulon methodology of goal setting. But um, You trademarked that yet? I need to. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but I, uh, I think, uh, well, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what it was. Methodology. But I remember sitting down, talking with a friend of mine at Lululemon, and she goes, what do you need to do? You know, like, she goes, if you're looking to start your coach, like, to start coaching full time, what do you need to do? And I go, well, I need to leave SeaWorld. I need to take my GR. G, uh, GRE. GRE. Yeah. I was going to say GED. GRE. <laughs> and then um, apply for grad school. And she goes, okay. And so, like, we wrote it out. Put the timeline put on the, paper. We put the timeline on paper. September 2009 was when I was going to leave SeaWorld. I left September 21st, 2009. Wow. So would you say almost like step one of achieving your goals is telling people about it it's writing it down writing it like down. accountability yeah for sure having that accountability factor is right. huge I mean as a coach mm-hmm. I mean yeah as a coach that's the one uh, that's the biggest thing that I see with athletes is like they want that accountability I right. think a lot of us want that yeah. account accountability so if you have you know a business coach or a triathlon coach or a run coach or just a friend mm-hmm. you throw it out in the universe Right. It'd be pretty, it's a pretty amazing what can happen. I love seeing when I have friends or different acquaintances that post on social media, 
you know, I'm trying to do this Mm -hmm. or, you know, here's my before picture if they're losing weight or I just, I'm going to run a triathlon. Right. And I love when friends do that because I feel like we can all cheer them on. For sure. But that's kind of scary too is putting it out there to people. And I I think that's, that was a big life lesson for me Mm -hmm. was that when I was, and I talked to, um, I started talking with a sports psychologist um, he actually asked me, he's like, can I help you? And I'm like, no, I got it. And I'm good. I'm good. But then yeah. the more and more I talk with him, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could work on some things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, he and I were talking about process goals versus outcome goals. And I think a lot of people will look at the outcome first. And they're like, I'm going to do an Ironman. And they throw it out there in the universe, and they just plug Ironman, Ironman, Ironman. But what about... You gotta swim, bike, and run. Still, mm-hmm. you still gotta, you still gotta do things. Like if you're, and so that was a huge lesson learned for me because I put a hashtag out there. I put Kona 2015. Well, guess what? I didn't go to Kona in 2015. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Kona in 2016, but I went in 2017. Right. <clears throat> but I think I was getting so focused on the outcome that I needed to stay focused on the process. Right. So it was a, that was a really good lesson learned. And in the process, when you're f- truly focused on the process, that's where you're able yes. to learn. Yes. Otherwise, you come to, and you set a goal to get to Kona, which is the world championship, championship. Yep. of Ironman mm-hmm. in 2015. And if your only goal is to get there, then you've failed if you don't. Right. But if your goal is to learn along the way, then you've just there's no you didn't lose anything right but um you didn't go to Kona in 2015 correct and that was your goal so that was pretty disappointing like oh 100 percent. and talk about that what how you went through getting your groove back that took a lot out of you yeah it did I mean so this was a well, this is where you and I met. Yeah, this is, yeah. So it was... Yay, 2014, I love <laughs> yeah, this story. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, you did an interview for with me, and I was doing my 10th Ironman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was Ironman Texas in the Woodlands, and I was like, all right, it's my 10th Ironman. I'm this gonna, is the one. This is the one. I'm going to qualify for Kona. It's going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was epic, all right, because... Oh, this race. This race was brutal. I don't know what happened. This, so they ha- ended up changing the swim because they had so much rain in Houston that year that they had to end up, like, the, the flow of the water was not good. So then they ended up changing the swim a little bit. It was still 2.4 miles. The bike... They ended up shortening it because the, the waters were, or the roads were trash because of some of the flooding. So it was down to 95, 95 miles versus 112. That's fine, whatever. But then on the run, it's three loops on the run, and it was truly like, it was hot. It, I mean, it was May, was it May? Yeah, it was May. In, and it had just in, downpoured, just to clarify, and flooding and trash, all that stuff. Yes, okay. prior to that, like I would think, so it, it was in like mid-May. Like really bad flooding too. Bad flooding, so they had to cut the, cut the course. Mm-hmm. Well then, during the race, on the run, it was just brutally awful hot. And I looked up to the sky, talked to, to my the God, big man upstairs. my big man upstairs, my universe, whatever you want to say. I'm like, you know what? It's really hot. I'm like, I have one more loop to go. 
Can you help a sister out? Within five minutes, torrential downpour, thunder, lightning, hail. Hail in our face. Just... And I was like... <laughs> you got a funny sense of humor. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And so then literally they stopped us on the course... And so we were sitting there for 25 minutes, and I was just, like, sitting there shaking, just shaking. And I saw Chris, and I was like, and he goes, just finish. Just finish. That's all you need to do. And so when I crossed that finish line, I wasn't even close to qualifying. I wasn't even, it wasn't even in my visual at that point. I just wanted to finish because I was, like, so annoyed with it. And so at that point, I was like, I'm sort of over this Ironman thing. Like, I was like, I, I'm sort of sick of trying to go for that outcome goal, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, I, don't, I really don't know what to do anymore. So <laughs> mom and I went to Scotland <laughs> for, ten, for ten, 10 days, and I sat with myself and ate biscuits and coffee <laughs> and castles. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, I just sort of had to step away from the world mm -hmm. and, and the Ironman reevaluate and reevaluate. And then when I reevaluated, I said, you know what? I need to go do races that will fuel my soul and not do races because I'm trying to qualify for an event. Exactly. And this, so you were the first person that really got me personally thinking about my why. Ah, That's yeah. That's a big thing yeah, for you. it is a big And um, so you basically had to reevaluate your why here. 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, you think your why is running these races, period. Mm -hmm. It's to be a triathlete. But you had to step back and reevaluate your why. Talk a little bit about what a why is, right? Yeah. And how you found it. Oh boy, um, I, I mean, I think, I don't know if y'all have seen Simon Sinek's, uh, he, he did a TEDx talk. And if that, you haven't heard Simon Sinek, oh. shout out to Simon Sinek, go follow him, his yes. videos and his advice and his, he's yeah. just a great inspiration. Very, very inspiring. And, but I never, you know, I, I never really realized my why until just as of recently, because I'm like, why am I sitting here? trying to go, trying to do this Ironman triathlon, trying to do this. Because I told my mom I was going to do an Ironman triathlon by the time I was 30, and I was going to do that Ironman triathlon. But what happened is I did do an Ironman triathlon by the time I was 30, mm -hmm. six, six weeks before my 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. I did, no, my 31st birthday. That's what it was. Um, so I did do an Ironman triathlon. But I wanted to do that Ironman triathlon, the one in Hawaii, the world championship. And the biggest, I think there were, there were two factors behind my why. One of them was my grandfather, who was extremely motivating, inspirational to me. He was a very strong father figure for me. And uh, when I told him, I said, Grandpa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do an Ironman in Hawaii. <laughs> you know, I was 17. And he goes, okay, well, when you go, I'll go with you. And I still remember that to this day. I want to cry. I love grandpas. Yeah. Grandpas are the best. They really are. And um, he, and I just, like, he was just the most positive. He just loved his grandkids, loved his family. World War II vet, you know, like, yeah. incredible. you know, incredible human being. And uh, that was my mom's mom. Or I'm sorry, my mom's dad. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so then that was, that was part of my why. Another part of my why was um, 
and I talked about this in my TED talk, in my TEDx talk, was that I always wanted to receive validation from my dad. My dad um, and my brother had this amazing bond through sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Mm -hmm. They had this great bond, and I never got that bond with my dad. I'm like, man, I really want that bond. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I try to do a triathlon because I think, I think, well, maybe if I do something so crazy big, mm -hmm. he'll recognize me or her, I'll get that validation. Right. And so then um, when I crossed the finish line to my first Ironman, I realized, you know what? I don't need my dad's validation anymore. Wow. I, I just validated myself of who I was as a, a per person, as a mm -hmm. woman, as an athlete. Like I did the work and I just validated myself. So when I stepped away after Ironman Texas, I, you know, you were asking about what is a why. I think you have to find out what inspires you within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I realize is my why is I love crossing the finish line because I feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I feel it's a confidence booster. It's, uh, it's just that going back to 1992, I can do anything. It's that feeling. It's that feeling. Mm -hmm. Like even, I mean, I just, I did a race at uh, Captex um, in Austin, Memorial Day. Got first in my age group. It was yeah, that, girl. It was that whole <laughs> mindset of like, I can do anything. It's that confidence that I need sometimes in my life to to move forward with mm -hmm. my business and everything else. So, and there's a chapter in your book about loving yourself. Yeah. This one's huge for me personally, and you give some great tips um, about yeah. how to truly love yeah. yourself, which is so important. Um, and it's not just about. Uh, love comes first, right? So you write that as well. Right. But, you know, it's love from your family. It's love from your spouse, love, yep. friends, children, grandchildren. But you really can't have any of that if you don't love yourself first. Yeah. And that's kind of what you realized yeah. in that yeah. moment when you first crossed the finish yeah. line. I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, you can get. And, and, and here's the thing. I knew my dad loved me. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I knew. Sure. I know. You know, I knew that. And and my dad has passed. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wish I could have these conversations. Well, I guess he is hearing these conversations, you know. And, yeah. And um, I really, you know, I and I knew he loved me. But I just really realized that it was time to start loving yourself for who you are mm -hmm. I mean oh trust me I have my moments of like oh my gosh look at you know for me for me yeah. you know I mean we all have those moments because we're human 100% but I think if you can flip it more as being a taking care of yourself versus trying to get that validation yeah. everywhere else and that was one thing I was talking to a girlfriend of mine like you know in the social media world we worry about how many followers we got, how many, fo you know, how many relationships we get on, like, a on, on a platform. Yeah, yeah. But we can't, we got to remember our relationships with ourselves and w with our family and, and the face-to-face -face time right. versus a number on social media. And when you really started loving yourself, did you notice that other relationships in your lives, in your life improved? Did they yeah. change? Like, yeah. Like, you know, your relation, did we... Married at that point? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, even your marriage, like, you notice a shift? Yes. Like, well, and I think sort of what you talked about, like, I, um, you know, so I left SeaWorld, went back to school, you know, got, um, went back to school, got the master's degree. And then, you know, Chris and I are like, okay, we're how many years into our marriage? Okay, what's next? We should have children, right? Right. And uh, so then it got to a point where we were trying to have babies. Mm-hmm. And I had four miscarriages, and I just, I, I could not, I could not have a child. But everything, all the testing, everything was fine. But then I sat there. You know, it was very hard for me because look at what I've accomplished. And you're a goal-oriented person. I'm a goal-oriented person. I'm thinking, I can't have a freaking child? Like, this is ridiculous. And so um, it was really hard. It was a really hard two years to really learn how, like, there's things that you you can't control like that's yeah. that's a higher power that somebody's saying you know what this isn't going to happen so then how are you going to sh- make that shift right you can either sit there and be like i'm never going to have this i'm never good i'm not right. good enough I'm not I'm, good in- oh my gosh yes or you can turn it around and and say how can i make something positive out of yes. this mm-hmm. and he yes and i felt like an absolute failure yeah felt like an absolute failure because i'm like I can do everything else in my life pretty darn good, mm-hmm. but I can't have something that a woman is supposed yeah. to do. And that was gut-wrenching. Lots of therapy later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I really think, though, I had to go through that, that challenge yes. to really learn to be like, all right, no, you're not a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, you have accomplished a lot of things in life. Like, you, and you're going to keep accomplishing things because that's who you are. And yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think, I, I, it, but it took me a while to. Yeah, be figure, comfortable to be comfortable. saying it too. Yes. And I'm sure that now that you're talking about it, it really, it helps a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had somebody recently tell me that they had five. Oh, jeez. And, you know, I have another really young friend who just experienced one. And I just think it's, it's so much more common it's than we're common. talking about. Yep. And it has to be gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically and mentally. For sure. So I'm really, really glad and proud of you, too, for sharing that. Thank I mean, you. I think that's really important. So I want to, maybe this is going to be a hard transition. That's okay. <laughs> but um, you, okay, you're SeaWorld. Yeah. You quit your job. You yep. go back to school. Correct. You're working at Lulu Lemon while you are going to school. Correct. And then you graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was the moment, because you've had coaches in your life. Correct. And so how did you decide that you could do that yourself? Oh. You know what I mean? Where was the shift that you so, could start a business? I mean, that's, yes. uh, that's another leap. Yes. And I talk, and I talk about this a lot uh, as well. I, it, um, so first of all, 2001, I received my USA Triathlon Level 1 Certified Coach mm-hmm. cert- Certification. And I've kept that since then. Right. But then I knew I wanted to take another, take it to another step, another level. Um, And that's when I went back to school, got the master's. So what happened is I graduated in May 2012. Okay. And I I applied for jobs. I applied for jobs, got turned down. I was either overqualified. I wasn't the right fit. I was 
the pay was awful. Like, I'm like, here, I got a master's degree. And I'm like, what the heck? So, and then at one point I was hired by a company, but they're like, well, we can't bring you on for another six months. So I was like, okay. Oh, and I said. I'll just wait around. (laughs) Sure. And I'm here. I'll wait, you know. So then um, in uh, in 2012, it was, um, it was, uh, my, my Chris mm-hmm. qualified for Ironman World Championship. We go to Hawaii. And at this point, I am, uh, at this point, still no job, still trying to figure out what the heck to do, right? I even applied for a position at a dolphin, I, I don't, I, it was a dolphin place in Hawaii because mm-hmm. I had a friend there from SeaWorld who moved over there with her mm-hmm. family. You're doubting yourself so much that you're thinking about yes, going back. I'm back. thinking about going back to the field that I left. Right. Yeah. So I apply for this job in Hawaii. They take me. They pick me up. I go swim with the dolphins. I go meet everybody. I got hired. I mean, they hired me. Mm-hmm. They gave me, like, I was a manager position. And, and so, anyways, so... I go, you know, I do an interview while Chris is getting ready for the Ironman World Championship, right? I do an interview. I go sit on the pier in 2012 that day, and I just sat there, and I was watching Chris do this race. The gun goes off, and I swear, a light bulb jumps on. And I was like, what am I thinking? Like, I've always wanted to, this is my, this is my ideal this is where I want to come back yeah. to. I want to come back. To, I want to do Hawaii as a participant mm-hmm. and not as a spectator. And then why don't you just start your own business? Like, why are you waiting around for everybody else to hire you? Why don't you just start it? And uh, I started GenRulon.com. Yeah. And, and it was crazy because that was the day that I was sitting on the pier and I was just getting so sick of getting told no, no. Mm-hmm. No, no. And then I reached out to the company that was waiting for me to say, hey, you know, and I reached out to them. I'm like, thanks, but no thanks, but I'm going to start my own business. How cool. And they were like, okay. And a couple months later, I saw the person that wanted me to come on and he goes, congrats. He's like, that's a huge step. And I was like, but I was sick of waiting around. Yeah. I I was like, I got to make the leap. I got to go and try something. And so I did Jen Rulon LLC, and then I did a doing business as jenrulon.com. Awesome. Yeah. Now I'm figuring out a trend here in that when you really take the time to listen, like when you take the time mm. to slow down, slow your roll, and listen, that's when you find clarity. That's kind of where Ooh. you find... You good. <laughs> See, I'm listening to you. You are. And that's when I found clarity. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> you know, I think we're so consumed mm. with the go, go, go. We've got family, we've got friends, we've got jobs. Yeah. But sometimes it's just give yourself an hour. Just give yourself an hour, mm-hmm. go somewhere mm-hmm. quiet and think. And that's when yeah. you might find it. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's interesting because I, you're right. I am very much about, I just need to sit. And um, I think it was uh, even, so... Oh, how do I make this transition? Yeah, so, like, even going up to the race in Austin this past, Memorial Day, I said to Chris, I'm like, I just need to step away for a little bit. 
like I just need to step away from the business. I need to go into my element. And my element is to do a race because that's where I get the confidence. That's where I get that drive and that clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just, it was very helpful going into June for my business. So, And um, I'm going to mention, but I want to move forward too, that you did even pivot with your business a little bit. So now you're not just coaching athletes, you're coaching other coaches. Correct. So I'm super proud of you there. Thank you. And if anybody wants information on that, yeah. Where do they go for that? They could go to jenrulon.com. Okay. Um, and in in there is it's called coaching the coach. Coaching the coach. Um, so I love I, it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though because I'm, <laughs> I don't love the, that coaching the coach. Yeah. Uh huh. But I'm like, it's sort of sticking. It is. You yeah. know? It's needed. It's yeah. So coaching the coach and it's more about real quick coaching the coach is more about helping other coaches, other triathlon coaches, run coaches, swim coaches, whatever that may build their business. It's not me helping them build a training plan for their They know clients. how to do they that. They know how to do that. Mm-hmm. This is the online space. Yeah. So taking it to the next level. Taking it to the next level. Building yeah. their brand. You got it. Um so the moment happened last year. Mm-hmm. Coming full circle <laughs> that you made it to Kona. I did. Yes. Yes. So tell me about the race where you qualified. Yeah. So, so once again, um, after after Texas, after the whole beep show, I yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, I uh, I realized I was like, okay, I need to step back. I chose Ironman Florida because Ironman Florida is my happy spot. It's a beach. Yeah. It's an ocean. Beautiful. Hence. SeaWorld, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, animals, whatever. So I, um, so in 2016 at Ironman Florida, I qualified, or I'm sorry, I, um, I, I placed fourth in my age group. I was on the podium. I was up there, and then I, um, but the thing is, the first two girls got the slots to Kona. To, only the first two. Only the so first two. So even though two. you're in the top, you're like, I'm, you're like, did you did awesome. Yeah, you I was have like, to be the one or two to yeah, go. Yeah, I was like top 20 female. Yeah. Like, or under 20, yeah. you know, and I still Crazy. did not get a slot to Kona. <clears throat> so once again, I did. I do that, I get that, you know, I get on the podium, so then I'm like, rawr. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I tasted the blood. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Um, so then Chris and I just sort of sat and we talked once again, sort of got some clarity. And I was like, I need to find a race that suits and fits my strengths. So we chose Ironman Montreblanc. It was in Canada. Um, it's a, and, and I told him, I said, I love the water. I love the ocean, but I am not a good ocean swimmer. I mean, we're in San Antonio, Texas. We don't have an ocean. You know, we do, but it's, you know. You can practice yeah. swimming, but you're not practicing in the ocean. Yes. Exactly. So I said, I need a lake wetsuit swim. Because Texas, Ironman Texas was a lake, man-made lake, um, non-wetsuit. Lake in Lake, <laughs> non-wetsuit. Um, so I said, I need a wetsuit swim. So we, in 2015, he and I did do Ironman Montreblanc. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, oh, wait, what? Anyways, I'm getting all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so then um, so then uh, I, I chose Ironman Montreblanc. I knew I needed a lake swim. And so I went into that race strong, confident, feeling very powerful, and I was ready. I knew I was ready. So my motto going into that race, um, and this is something that I do for my athletes, I say, pick something 
that you need to stay on top of mine for that 2.4 mile swim, mm-hmm. that 112 mile bike, and that marathon run. When you're struggling. When you're struggling. So I knew in my swim I needed to swim strong, I needed to bike smart, and I needed to run like a Pac-Man. And that's, uh, I have to give props to my one of my besties, JoJo. She was like, you know, Jen, I need you to go into that. She goes, the run's your jam. She's like, you're a good runner. She's like, so when you go past somebody, she goes, I want you to, oh, like, gobble them up like Pac-Man. Like, those are your, like, little... <laughs> They're power, your little power, power pellets. Power, yeah. power pellets, yeah. yep. So anyways, so, uh, so on the run, so I, I swim strong. I had a good swim. I felt really, like, my bike was exactly where I needed to be at. And so on the run, um, I was like, all right, let's do this thing. And I felt amazing. Now, you have to understand, here we are training in this crazy heat in San Antonio in August. We go up to Canada, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, 75. And we're like, oh, (laughs) it's It's almost like how the Olympians, they they practice in uh, Colorado where the elevation's higher, so then they come down and they've got an advantage. Yep, exactly. So, anyways... um, so yeah, I uh, I had no idea where I was at, you know, in the whole race. The cool thing is, is um, is my sister-in-law, my nephew, and my niece were there at the race. Nice. And uh, I just knew, like, seeing my little niece, um, and she, she was uh, eight at the time, or no, 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 she was nine at the time. Um, I knew that if I could qualify, or if I, if like I could show her, show her like. Anything is possible. Give right? her a role. Give yeah, her a role, role model. model, just like you had growing up. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so, anyways, I um, I crossed the finish line to the Ironman at Tremblant. I raised my hands. I was like, Oh my God, I did it! I had no idea where I was at in yeah. placing, but I knew I had an epic, epic race. You felt I ran. It. I felt it. I ran. Uh, I did a 10:59:31, so I went under 11 hours. Was was what the goal was. My run. It was like a 342, which technically I qualified for um, Boston with that time, but it wasn't a certified course. Anyways, um, and I just crossed the finish line, and I was like, oh, my God. And um, so going into that race, I knew one of the girls in my age group already got a slot at Texas that year mm-hmm. for Ironman. I also knew going into that race that there was generally two slots for the Iron for Ironman World Championship, mm-hmm. and so when I cross the finish line, I come out, I see Chris, we hug, we cry. I'm like, I don't know what I did, but I just had an epic <laughs> race. Like I was so worth happy. It, it was mm-hmm. worth it. Like I didn't care if I qualified at that point. I knew it was. Knew. I just knew it was spot on. So then. Um, Vicky comes up, my sister-in-law gives me a hug, my niece gives me a hug, and I'm like, I'm sorry, baby, I stink. And she's like, that's okay, Aunt Jennifer, I'm so proud of you, you know. Jackson, my nephew, gives me a hug, and he's like, well, good job, Jennifer. You know, he's that 15-year-old <laughs> yeah. kid, you know. Anyways, um, Vicky goes, hey, do you want to see how you did? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, I didn't think about it. So she's like scrolling, she goes, you got third. What? I got third in my age group? She's like, yeah. I go, can you tell me who got first? And she told me who got first. And the woman that got first already got the slot at Ironman Texas. So I knew in my heart that I was going to Kona. And Taryn goes to me, my niece, she goes, and Jennifer, did you qualify for Kona? And I go, (laughs) I sure hope so, baby. I sure hope so. And it was hard because 
I had no idea. Like, I could not say that I qualified for Kona until I heard, yeah. hey, Jen, do you want to go to Kona? That's the official line. That's yeah. the official line from and Mike Ryland. And it's like a ceremony or afterwards? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so we do the race. So then Sunday... Uh, or no, no, no. The race was Sunday. So yeah. Monday was when um, the the award ceremony was. I go up and get the podium. I'm already talking to the girls. Like, we go up there, and I talk to the girl at first. I go, you got your slot at, at Texas. She goes, yep. I talk to the girl at second. I go, are you going to Kona? She's like, no, I just can't afford it right now. And, uh, or she's like, she's like, I've been, I've already been before. I'm not going to go. Oh, I'm like, okay. oh, it's nice. <laughs> so, Excuse me. so when I was up there getting my award, I knew I was going to Kona, you know? So then I came down sat down and here's the cool thing. Chris got, my husband got mm-hmm. second in his age group. Second. He's a powerhouse. He's a powerhouse. The, he, this is his third time that he qualified for Ironman in Kona. <laughs> wah, wah, yeah. Anyway, no So anyways, he, um, so I w- went up there, and uh, so Mike Riley is the voice of Ironman, and if, if you want to get inspired, like, the guy has said, Jen Rulon, or Jen Fr- Jennifer Fritching, Jen Rulon, you are an Ironman 13 times, right? The guy, his voice is so well known in the Ironman world. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's so funny because I think in 2016 when we were in Kona, I get a selfie with him and then I start tagging him and I start getting selfies. And now we're like great friends. Like we always <laughs> like, he's like, hey, Jen, are you in town? I got to get a selfie with you. You know, like it's just it's like we thing. have. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so he calls the first place girl. Hey, do you want to go to Kona? She's like, no, I already got the slot. He calls the second place girl. Hey, you know, do you want to go to Kona? She's like, no, I'm good. And then he goes, hey, Jen, do you want to go to Kona? (laughs) (laughs) And if you go to my Instagram account, Coach Jen Rulon, uh, you will see a video that my my niece took of me, niece or nephew, one of the two. And um, it's... It's spot. I mean, it's so good. And I'm like, you're not lying. Your hands shoot up in the air. (laughs) You like run up there like this. Yeah, it was pretty great. So anyway, so yeah, I Mm -hmm. call. And here's the funny thing. I think um, here we were. Fumble. Here we were. were, um, This is the crazy thing with Kona is that we did the race. And then eight weeks later, we had to go do Kona. So it was a quick turnaround. Body was pretty tired, right. um, and I go in to go do Kona, and it was and it was it was really hard to to push Kona mm-hmm. because eleven sixteen. Okay, thank you. It was really hard to push Kona mm-hmm. because my goal was to be invited. Right. You were there. I was there. Yeah. And once you were there, you had to live in the moment. I did. I mean, what was the journal? I got you a journal. Uh, what did it I say on? I still use it. You do? What does it say on the front of it? Something about uh, I'd have to look. going through the journey or just living in the moment. Living in the moment. I, yeah. Yeah, I use it And, like, lot. not worrying about what my whole goal in giving you that was, like, yeah. okay, you made it. Yeah. You just made it. Enjoy just enjoy it. it. Like, yeah. don't worry about what you're going through. And, and this was the thing, because I am a social media it's my business. It's everything. Yeah. Like I applied to do a whole bunch of like, like things. I had um, my bike, Cervelo, um, my bike, the bike that I ride. Mm-hmm. They did a, um, they did a thing about me. Um, you know, they did article, an interview, an interview. article, and then Training Peaks, the company that I work with or not work with, um, I use for my coaching. Um, 
they they said, hey, can we feature you? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I did it like a Facebook Live yeah. with them and stuff like yeah. that. And I did a couple other things like with Cervelo. I, I did these great photo shoots and running and biking and and uh, oh my god, I was so tired going into the race though because I was just like, <laughs> I gotta do everything. Everywhere. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. You know, and even I talked to my coach because um, even though I'm a coach, I have to you know I have to keep that accountability. Right. Sort of mm-hmm. what we talked about. Um, he goes to me. He goes, I wouldn't have wanted you to change anything different. He goes because I know how that fuels your soul and who you are. And um, even Chris goes, next time you go to Kona, he's like, we're not doing any of that. You're, I'm going to like handcuff <laughs> you to the chair and you can't. But that's how I get my, that's how I feel my soul with, you know, going out and meeting people yeah. and talking to brands and companies. Yeah. And I was like, but it's my business. I got to, I got to do yeah. things. You know, Representing. He goes, he goes you got to be an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So we're out of time. I know you got to yes. get going, but um I'm so thankful that you're here. Thanks I'm for so having me. I'm so glad that you uh, agreed to do the podcast. Um, Jen has a book. I have a couple books. She has a couple books. Yep. She, um, her website? JenRulon.com. JenRulon.com. Mm-hmm. She's on social media, too. Yes. What's your, your Instagram you're very heavy on. What's I the Instagram? I love Instagram. That's where I've gotten a lot of my business, a lot of my athletes. Um, right. Coach Jen Rulon. Yeah. And then Rulon Racing. So Coach Jen Rulon mm-hmm. is the athlete and the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Rulon Racing is about my team, and I mm-hmm. try to plug my team more than anything. And she's a great person to follow, even if you just need some inspiration. I personally... Thank you. Doing a triathlon is not a goal of mine. But right. I love following you because you're always giving good tips and advice and just, like, kind of power through your day kind yeah. of posts. So yeah. that's really good. I love Instagram um, stories. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You're always like doing them while that's you're awesome. on your runs and that's I really, am. really yeah. encouraging. So it, and it's interesting because that's something that I need to change is that I have, when I'm an athlete, I need to be an athlete. Yeah. And when I'm a coach, I need to be a coach. So right. I think I'm, you know, I try not to take my bike or I try not to take my phone. Um, I need to, I need to, tr- I need to turn on airplane mode is yeah. what get I need in the to zone. do to get in the zone. Yeah. 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 I'm glad to know you. I am glad to know you too. You're like one of my original little coffee dates. I know. I feel like, yeah, we met in 2014. Yeah. Man. And then had that. And then the video that you did for me was, it was phenomenal. Great. It was yes. Great. Yeah. yeah. You're a really special person. Thank you. I'm glad right to know you. you. Glad to know you. Okay, thanks for thanks, having me. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I am pretty ready to take on whatever comes my way today. A little update, a personal update. Since we recorded this podcast, I decided to get on the treadmill. I am someone who has never been very fond of running. I actually hate running. I hate I hated playing sports. Everybody that grew up with me will know and uh, kind of be able to agree with me on this, that I was never a very successful athlete. But after we recorded this podcast, I decided to get on the treadmill and run. And at first I ran for two minutes and then I ran for five minutes. And the second time I decided to run for five minutes, I mentally just told myself, yo, you're running 10 minutes. I ran 10 minutes for the first time in my entire life. And just this past week, I ran 15, and man, does that feel good. I got off that treadmill 
flung my hands up in the air, general on style, and said to myself, I can do anything. So I hope that you tackle something in your life this week that makes you want to throw your hands up in the air like an Ironman triathlete. And you know what? I give you permission to just do it. Snap a picture, send it to me. I'm in your I'm in your corner this week. If you just didn't have enough of us, if you didn't have enough of Genrelon, we are also on YouTube. We recorded this whole thing rinky dink style with two GoPros and a phone. Uh, so just search Coffee with Katie podcast on YouTube. It is up there. Some things you won't. Uh, that you'll see in the video that you did not see by listening to the podcast. We drop a camera. We give each other a pretty great high five. Uh, so yeah, go check it out. Follow us on social media at Coffee with Katie Pod and send us an email with your tips, advice, feedback, coffeewithkatiepod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear who you would like to listen to on the podcast. I have my own personal list of goals and people that I would love to talk to. And I have everyone on there from Gina Rodriguez to Oprah. So think big people. I'm thinking big too. So we will launch another podcast in just one week. We are one week away from episode two. I can't wait to reveal to you who our next guest is. Stay tuned with us on social media this week because I'll be dropping in there with some clues. Until then, be kind, stay positive. This has been your very first episode of Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women. Thanks for listening. Bye.